have to start with the obvious one. Gay. <laughs> what are the chances that I don't get kicked off Twitter and YouTube just for talking to you? A good solid 10%. 10% getting kicked off or 10% staying? No, no, 10% staying on, actually. Okay. Uh, good decent citizen are you vaccinated it's nobody's business whether i'm uh -huh. vaccinated that's like me okay. asking you the last time you got laid i mean it's just irrelevant subscribe and tap the bell so you get notified whenever we drop a new video. All right, people, this is it. It is the big August going off the grid show. I am Dave Rubin. It is July 27th, 2020. 23, we are live streaming as always on Rumble Locals. And uh, well, I said as always, but you never know when we'll be kicked off YouTube, uh, but we are live streaming there as far as I know right now. Who knows by the time we get back, uh, if you have not subscribed, of course, go ahead and do that. And uh, I should note there will be no post game show today. I'm gonna tell you a whole bunch of stuff, get you caught up on a bunch of stuff. We've got a Q and A, my best and favorite moments uh, from the past year. And then I am jumping over, even though this was planned to be it, this next hour, and this was it. We were packing it all in, and then I'm disappearing until August 23rd. Uh, this is a somewhat abbreviated off the grid August because uh, as I've told you guys, the first Republican debate is August 23rd in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Rumble is the exclusive live streamer. So it will be on Fox on television, but YouTube is not getting it, nor is anybody else. If you want to stream it, uh, it's going to be Rumble. Uh, they are going to have a huge setup there, live audience. I'm going to be interviewing a bunch of the candidates there. So I'm coming back that morning. We just confirmed this morning. I don't want to say it yet because we'll, we'll leave it as a surprise. But my guest host, 11 a.m., on the 23rd, big time, big time guest host will get me caught up on everything I've missed in August. Uh, and then we will be doing pre and post debate shows. Uh, DeSantis has committed, uh, Nikki Haley's in, I think Francis Suarez is in, pretty sure we got Vivek. We've kind of buried the hatchet on that one and we're gonna work on everybody. As I said, live studio audience, it's gonna be awesome. And I'm just gonna shut it down uh, for the next couple weeks. I'll tell you a bit more. We're building a new studio this month, so this is it. Say goodbye to the old Ruben Report studio. We're, we're moving. We'll have more on that in just a bit. And for today, as I said, we're going to recap a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, some of my favorite moments, some of your favorite moments we asked you guys. And, uh, and also a couple stories first because, oh, uh, not... <laughs> Not a big deal, but uh, they, they found the aliens. Yeah, they, they found the aliens. It's been confirmed and the figures like that today's the day. I'm, they found the aliens yesterday. I'm leaving today. Like, you know, I could be gone with the aliens for a month. We'll find out. Will the world be here? Who knows? Uh, before we do any of that, though, uh, let's talk about gravity to fire. Guys, how much is it worth? <laughs> 
not to feel pain with every step you take from walking the dog to running with the kids from school to practice and everywhere else. It takes a toll. Well, you guys need to check out Gravity Defier shoes. Whether you're wearing them on the job or to get your daily step count up, these Gravity Defier shoes are revolutionary. Walking and running in normal shoes creates shockwaves that course through your feet, knees, and hips, forcing the body to absorb as much as a thousand pounds of harmful impact with every step. Gravity Defier shoes are clinically shown to relieve knee pain in a double-blind study by Olive View UCLA Medical Center and published in the Journal of American Podiatric Medical Association. Participants experienced 85% less knee pain. Here's the deal, guys. It's, their, it's the most powerful shock absorption system put into a shoe. So why don't you do this? How about try a pair? for 60 days and experience the difference they can make in your life. Buy a pair today and save 15% with free returns and easy exchanges. You have nothing to lose. Visit gravitydefire.com. Use code Ruben for 15% off discount on your first order. Test a pair risk-free and experience the difference in your life. Gravitydefire.com. Use code Ruben for 15% discount on your first order. Go to gravitydefire.com. Order today. I just realized, guys, that I forgot to, I started telling you something. Then I jumped right into the ad. So we planned that this was it, like one hour show off the grid. Where's Dave Rubin going? What's happening? Nobody will know. But then yesterday, uh, Rudy texted me, Rudy Giuliani said, I'm going to be in Miami. You want to do something? So I said, Rudy, for you, we will do a sit down. So although this is the official off the grid show, and after today, the phone disappears. No more news. None of that. We will be doing a live sit down. We're going to live stream it. Live sit down with Rudy from the local studio in Miami at one o'clock today. And that's it. That's it. Although we do have a locals meet up tonight. So it's, it's the, the, the grid is kind of, it's sucking me in. The more I try to get out, the more it sucks me back in. You guys got it. Anyway, uh, let's get into some of the craziness of the last uh, day or so, because yes, the aliens are here. There was a congressional hearing yesterday and a UFO whistleblower under oath has testified that non-biologics have landed and well, just take a look. And it's like, I saw the story yesterday. It's like, at this point, does anything surprise us? Does anything get the blood pressure to go up? Does anything get the heart beat faster? Does anything surprise any of us? I was like, oh, aliens? Well, what else is going on on Twitter? Okay, take a look. Intelligent extraterrestrials something I can't discuss in public setting um, okay I can't ask when you think this occurred <laughs> um, if you believe we have crashed craft uh, stated earlier do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft as I've stated publicly already in my news nation interview uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries yeah um, were they I guess human or non-human biologics Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness, like how would that be determined? The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay, so, and, and you may or may not be able to answer my last question, and maybe we get into a skiff at the next hearing that we have, but who in the government either what agency, sub-agency, what contractors, who should be called into the next hearing about UAPs, either in a public setting or even in a private setting? And, and you probably can't name names, but what agencies or organizations, contractors, et cetera, do we need to call in to get these questions answered, whether it's about funding, what programs are happening, and what's out there? I can give you a specific 
cooperative and hostile witness list of specific individuals uh, that were in those. And, and how soon can we get that list? I'm happy to provide that to you after the hearing. Super. Thank you. And I yield back. All right. So we will find out, I suppose, what they talked about after the hearing. But to be clear, non-biologics, not, or biologics, but non-human biologics, so not humans, were something biological was found in some sort of what we what appears to be a crash craft or something like we're entering men in black phase of this whole thing which kind of seems like where this was all headed i suppose we will find out more or we will not or this is all kayfabe and we're just playing along in a script or who the hell knows or we'll be slaves to the aliens or god knows what else is going on but i saw the story yesterday and i was like okay it's the right time to go off the grid. Like if the aliens are here and over the next couple of weeks we find out in the invasion and war of the worlds and they're using us as chum and the rest of it. It was nice knowing you guys. I really enjoyed all of this and uh, we shall see. But also really, it was also like, man, I'm looking at this story and that you have someone testifying under oath that, that agencies know about non-biologics found in these crafts, uh, sorry, not non-biologics, non-human biologics found in these crafts. And it's like, nobody really cared. Like everyone just keeps fighting about Trump DeSantis. Everyone's fighting about who's racist and not racist, who's, you know, dicks we're gonna chop off and all the rest of the nonsense. And that just is exactly why I go off the grid because the endless hamster wheel of everything, you gotta stop it every now and again. So I just wanna do one other story before we get to everything else related to the, to the off the grid August situation. Uh, because this week we covered quite extensively uh, that many people on mainstream media, the Democrats, all the usual hysterics, were very upset because in this new curriculum through the, far, the Florida Board of Education, they were very upset about how they were gonna teach about slavery. And of course, we looked into it and it's basically, uh, I think you can say this in an objective manner, like the most robust um, assessment of slavery and a true history of slavery that probably exists in any state. What was getting a whole bunch of people was there was in essence, and by the way, contrary to what Kamala Harris said and contrary to what Whoopi Goldberg said, there were several black scholars who were part of creating this curriculum. Uh, but what was getting a lot of people was that there was a line or two in the curriculum related to how black slaves attained certain skills that then they were able to use in life in the future while they were slaves. And somehow that was whitewashing slavery. Now, the simple thing as I addressed the other day is it's, it's obviously true. People that were blacksmiths on on plantations, you attain skills, and then once they were freed slaves, they were able to either become blacksmiths or use some of those skills. That's not a excuse about slavery by any estimation. The same thing could be said for concentration camps. When people had to do jobs there, they might've been able to take some of those skills and use them after. Again, not an excuse at all. But everyone started going completely bananas about this, and Florida's racist, DeSantis is Hitler too, blah, 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 blah. Well, you are not gonna believe what happens. Check this tweet out. This is from Jerry, Jeremy Redfern. He says, remember when Florida wouldn't allow that AP African-American studies course because it focused too much on critical race theory and not enough on history and the White House lost its mind? Well, here's one of the standards considered essential knowledge. So you guys remember this, of course, a few months ago when DeSantis banned this AP class because they were gonna have gender theory in it. And everyone was saying, this AP class must be taught. It must be taught. And everyone said Florida was racist again. Well, look what's in that AP course that they said must be taught. 
In addition to agricultural work, enslaved people learned specialized trades and worked as painters, carpenters, tailors, musicians, and healers in the North and South. Once free, American Americans used these skills to provide for themselves and others. Can we just go off the grid right now? Like that is such a perfect example of how everything is BS, how it's all virtue signaling. It's all fake and crazy and designed. And as I said before, kayfabe, K-A-Y-F-A-B-E. Google it if you don't know what it is. It's basically that we're in this fake reality. Kayfabe was the, the word that described that you'd be watching an old WWE match back in the day, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. And you knew it was staged, you knew it was fake, but it could bring out these emotions with, with you, real emotions. And then they'd continue this story, this fake story about the giant and the American hero. And we'd all be, we're living in it now. But but that story is the most perfect example of all of it. Months ago, we were all racist because he wanted to get that course out. Now that course has exactly the same thing that is in the course right now. It's just nuts. But let, let me just do one other thing on Florida, then we will get to everything else. And again, between aliens and just like the lying about the place that I live in that has, that has allowed my life to flourish and all that stuff, it's exactly why I go off the grid so I can get fresh eyes on all of these crazy things. CNN put up a video yesterday about a family that is fleeing Florida because of how, how evil and of course transphobic Florida is. It's a, it's a two-parter, here's part one. We just thought it would be a nice, warm place to live where we could get to beaches. I just never thought that I would have to flee a state for the good of my children. The SB 254, uh, this will permanent outlaw the mutilation of minors. I remember Tori coming to me one time and in tears, which she doesn't normally do. And I asked her what was wrong and she said DeSantis. And like the fact that a governor would be making my kid cry, that's a messed up government. We're absolutely moving because of the political climate and the laws in Florida. We didn't want to move. When the Florida Board of Medicine started meeting and we realized that they were going to ban gender-affirming care for our kids, that we might need to leave because that is life-saving, essential medicine and treatment for our daughter. I was very relieved when we decided to leave. I had never really heard that much about trans people and until I was like 11 or 12, I didn't even know trans people existed. So I was just used to being uncomfortable. I started hormone blockers pretty soon after that. Yeah, I mean, there was times before she started getting hormones and stuff that she was suicidal. But after she transitioned, she was much more outgoing, much more like comfortable with herself. Okay, that's only part one. First off, before I say anything or make any sarcastic or glib remarks and talk about the general insanity and that CNN is pushing this and everything else. This has nothing to do with this kid, right? Like I'm not making fun of this kid. And I actually have great sympathy for this kid, not exactly for the reasons that CNN wants you to think you should have sympathy for this kid, but for what the parents have done for this kid, for what the world and the culture has done to this kid and all of those things. There's so much insanity there. First off, that the woman says, uh, you know, she walks in one day, Tori walks in one day, what's wrong, DeSantis? Like, it's just made up. 
what's what's wrong? What's wrong? DeSantis, Ronald DeSantis. Like, okay, it's just made up dribble. This thing about gender affirming care, as you guys know, it's not affirming to chop off a child's genitals. That would be, I don't know, unaffirming, let's say. Um, and that at 11 years old, I had never heard much. The kid says, I, I had never heard much about trans stuff. Then 11 years old, and then they say soon after, on hormone blockers. Oh, so do you think there might be a social contagion element to it? Suddenly you're at school and everyone's telling you how great trans stuff is. You're 11 years old. You're confused about your body, your life, all of the things, yada, yada, yada. Next thing you know, they're putting you on drugs and, and literally chopping your genitals off. And they're framing this as positive and that the state that's trying to stop these kids from having their lives and bodies destroyed is negative. Anyway, here's part two. Okay, careful. We are seeing many families that are leaving. I really think if you were to ask a member of a trans family, they would tell you they go to bed at night dreaming of how to get out of the state. So that, yeah, that's the dining room right here. And then this is the living room. My hope for the McKee family is they are able to find a community that embraces them. We're lucky that we're able to get out. We're able to afford to leave. A lot of people can't or it's gonna be very difficult. I uh, feel really bad for the people that have to stay here. It's been difficult to access my hormones. I'm not honestly sure how I would continue to access care. Even if I wasn't trans, I wouldn't be comfortable here. It's just not a safe environment for queer people in general. I do fear for my daughter's safety and just the fact that somebody might want to hurt her just for her being her, for her existence is scary. I worry about her every time she goes out. Almost the wide open view. Yeah, sunsets are great from here. No. I'm looking forward to just being in a place where I don't feel under attack, where I don't feel oppressed. It's just so sad that our country and our society are in this place of denigrating people like that and making them feel like they have no place. It's just hard to start over all over again. Guys, this is exactly like that level of propaganda that you just saw there and that they're attacked and all of this stuff and Florida's not safe for queer people and, and that somehow chopping genitals is good and, and dealing with deep psychological issues somehow is not all of the nonsense. It's exactly why I go off the grid. Like to be able to do what I do and keep it, as I said, with fresh eyes and with an open mind and no reality because otherwise we are just slammed, right? We are just slammed with this insanity all the time. I, I would like to note that uh, CNN that put that video out yesterday, they got ratioed to high hell. I've mentioned to you guys that aren't on Twitter, ratioed is when you put up a video and it, you know, let's say it gets 10 retweets and 20 likes, but then it has like 3000 comments because everyone is like, that is pure deranged BS. And that's what happened to CNN. Anyway, so all of that being said, between aliens, between the machine trying to trans, trans our children and the rest of the craziness, guys, this is exactly why I go off the grid. So now let's shift into that portion of the show. I wanna say that, uh, you know, since last August, I mean, there has never been an off the grid August. I believe this is my seventh off the grid August. Uh, there has never been uh, an August to August situation that my life changed more than it changed uh, this past year. Uh, we were blessed with Justin last August and then, uh, and then Luke in October. And as I've 
that on the show, you know, I, I try to do some decent, somewhat respectful balance of my, my personal and private life. And then the, the public version of me and, you know, those of you that are part of the locals community, you get to see a little bit more of the personal stuff. Um, but you know, becoming a father this year has like just absolutely changed everything and to have it not just in essence be about me all the time or what I'm doing or what's going on on the weekend or what are we eating tonight or whatever that there are these little humans in this house that uh, that you got to love and take care of and and that are more important than you and all of those things and uh, and that also even this year is why I want to do the off the grid to you know every day I get to spend a certain amount of time with them when I'm working or on the weekends more time but really like hunker down with them. And, you know, Justin's basically walking now. He's right right on the cusp. And they're starting, a couple words are starting to bubble out from each of them. And like, it's really just been, uh, it's been incredible in that you guys, by supporting us, we are completely independent and we'll always stay completely independent. But you guys, by supporting us, allow me to take this little bit of time to just like clean my brain. And you know, when I mentioned before, this thing about the hamster wheel, like every day for the rest of my life, as long as I do this show, um, we could wake up and there are more stories. Doesn't matter if Trump ends up president or DeSantis or it's Biden or Newsom or World War III starts or the aliens invade or whatever. There are always more stories. There are always more things to cover. There's another Barbie movie to be angry about. And this thing happened and that guy said this and oh, we found out that guy did that 20 years ago. Like there's, it will always exist. And when I've gone off the grid, major things have happened. Last year, was it last year or the year before? I don't even remember anymore. I missed the Mar-a-Lago raid. That was last year, right? That was last year. It happened like August 2nd. So for a month, I did not even know about the Mar-a-Lago raid. I came back on the grid and I was like, well, I don't think anything's gonna really come of it. And you know, in essence, nothing has, although there's a whole bunch of indictments, I guess, quasi related to that. Um, I miss John McCain dying one year. I miss the Afghanistan withdrawal the year before that. Uh, I missed Andrew Cuomo uh, stepping down. Like things happen, but the world continues. But I think for me to do this and make sure that I don't have blind spots all the time, like right now, I'm very much in the thick of like what's happening uh, in presidential politics, right? I'm obviously supporting DeSantis. I'm trying to push back on some of the lies wherever they come from, but I might have blind spots, right? And I think stepping away from some of this to, to get like a clear look on this thing, as opposed to just every day, oh, this happened, holy shit, react and fight and capital letters destroy and all of that stuff. Uh, that's really why I do this. I think it's, it's good for me mentally and spiritually. You know, it was five years ago or so that I came back on the grid and I said I was no longer an atheist, which pissed off a lot of people. Um, but you know, when you give your, your mind and your body and your spirit a little time, uh, you never know what could happen. So for those of you, uh, that are watching this, I know most people can't do a full August off the grid without this thing and without a computer. And, and I do like the extreme, extreme level of it, but I hope you guys will just try a couple days here, maybe just the weekends, maybe take a week, maybe take the last week of August, whatever it might be to to give yourself that space too, uh, because the endless doom scrolling on this thing, you know, we are trapped in the matrix, uh, but it's your choice. You know, the matrix is always, it's always growing and it's expanding and it finds ways to wedge itself in our lives nonstop in every turn, right? And like, it's just nuts, but you can figure out how much you wanna be a part of it, even as it endlessly encroaches on you. So I, I hope that you'll try to do a little of that as well. Uh, and now I just wanna go through uh, 
some of my favorite moments of the last year since starting in last September, and then a couple questions from the, uh, from the locals community. Uh, so let's start back in September, right when I came back on the grid. I think you've seen this one once or twice, but I finally got to sit down with Bill Maher, who of course I had wanted to sit down with forever, have my frustrations, wanted to find the common ground, and I, I think we managed to do it. You must know that the universe really doesn't give a shit about you and is not sending you messages. I think you can find messages within the nonsense. From the for, universe. We call it the universe or whatever. There, there are, it's not all random. Here we are in Club Random. Not all, <laughs> it's not all completely random. If you would have said to me in 1997, Dave, you're gonna be sitting with Bill Maher at his house. He's gonna be smoking pot. Chevy Chase was just there before, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You'd be married to a dude. Bill Maher would right. be talking to you about anal sex. Like, that is so f***ing bananas. <laughs> My head would have exploded. So that's how uh, the year, I think of my year sort of starting in September, like our season goes September to the end of July. That's how the year started off. And I think in many ways, um, all of the things that I've been doing, like I, I think I'm moving Bill a little bit on the universe. This is not all random. I think most people, wh whether you wanna go deeply spiritual and God and biblical stuff, or just like a little more sense to the universe, it's not, I just, it's so obvious. It's not all coincidence. It's not all random. There is some order to this. We all we all can find those moments in, in those peaceful times that we have. It's partly what, why, I, again, why I do the Off the Grid August thing. Just a couple days after that, October rolled around, and then I had one of the sort of biggest moments of my professional life. That was That one was professional and personal the bill thing, obviously, but this was uh, professionally probably the biggest moment of my life. Uh, I was there as Rumble. We rang the bell in New York at the NASDAQ Stock Exchange. Uh, that's of course Dan Bongino on the other side and Chris Pavlovsky, who's the CEO of Rumble and Asaf Lev, who's also my brother-in-law, co-founder of Locals. Locals and Rumble had merged right before this and here we are. Uh, this is as the bell rang. I think we've got some video on that, do we? Yeah, so we had just rang the bell and the company went public and free speech really is public. There we go. Um, free speech is public now. Rumble is publicly traded. Uh, I know a whole bunch of you are, are in on it and I assure you, and, and that's why I'm doing this show through Rumble and through locals and everything else. Like we are fighting for the right reasons. I will give you just one great example of how uh, Rumble is fighting for free speech in a way that no other big tech company, including Twitter is. Um, during when the whole Russia, Ukraine war blew up, um, Russia, no, sorry, France basically contacted Rumble and said, if you don't take down some of your Russian channels that are on Rumble, including RT, which is Russian television, we're gonna ban you from France. And we said, we're not taking them down, you can ban us. And we are banned in France right now for standing up for the right thing. Not even Twitter is doing that. So I'm, I'm just super proud to be part of that. And the fact that the company went public is, is just awesome. And there's obviously a lot of, lot of good returns on that. And, and it's just great. Uh, November, uh, this was my favorite moment of November. I'm sure it was a favorite moment for many of you. Uh, this was on election night, and of course we did not get that red wave we wanted, uh, but there was a massive landslide in Florida that clearly led to a whole bunch of other stuff. You may remember this. All right. Oh my! That's a good one. That's 15, that was the number. He knows it. Oh, it's Paul. That was it. That was it. That was it. 15 points. 
I told the governor, I told the governor on June 2nd, the two of us in Orlando, in the green room, I said, you're going to win by 15 points. He laughed in my face. All right, Governor DeSantis. <laughs> that is awesome. All right, so that was obviously at the DeSantis victory party. It turned out by later in the evening, he won by 20 and a half points or so, I think 1.6 million votes. I was sitting there, of course, with Liz Wheeler. And that was a great night as a Floridian. It maybe wasn't a great night for the country, although the Republicans did get the House back and that has somewhat slowed a little bit of the craziness, but kind of not really, who knows. Uh, but that was that was certainly a highlight. And just just being there and the, and the atmosphere there and the, and the like spirit of freedom and all that good stuff. Uh, December was a great one. I got to interview BB. Netanyahu, which just the, the simple fact uh, that I'm able to talk to these people who are hugely influential uh, in the world, that are people that are literally changing things on the ground that, that matter in, in a way bigger way than I ever would have thought I would have been affecting things, you know, 20 years ago. It's kind of nuts. So here's just a portion of that. I think it's a miracle of, of faith and resolution. Uh, Israel, because of the resolution, the resolve of its uh, citizens, the genius uh, of its people uh, has become the juggernaut um, innovation nation in the world, and we have uh, we've just crossed in GDP. We've crossed Japan, France, Britain, um, and Germany in GDP per capita. And remember, uh, when I, I described this in my book, when we began the economic revolution uh, towards free markets away from socialism, we were basically the last place in Western Europe, and now we're pretty much in first place. And we're, we're going to catch up with the United States. That's uh, a personal quest. Yeah. I'm not saying that we'll be in the United States, but we'll catch up with the United States. And hopefully going forward after this, we'll keep talking to prime ministers and presidents of all political stripes and from all over the world and uh, just making the conversation a little more enriched and, and to continue it. Uh, January was pretty awesome because, you know, the, the whole Elon Twitter thing really in some ways was the biggest sort of media story of the year. Elon buying Twitter, the exposing so much of the nonsense around Twitter. So I got, I was invited like out of nowhere. I got a call at about 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Can you get to, to San Francisco to meet Elon tonight? And uh, I somehow got on a plane. I was literally on the last row in the in the middle seat. And I got to, to uh, Twitter headquarters. And uh, then I put out a long Twitter thread about what I saw at Twitter. And, and really the beautiful part is what you're seeing the last line in that Twitter thread. I, I sat with Elon for a couple hours and a bunch of engineers and they showed me all of the, all of the stuff and all of the shadow banding they were uncovering and all of the craziness that was going going on over there. And I said to Elon, cause there were, I had no expectations when I went there. I didn't know, was I doing the Twitter files? Am I just meeting the guy like her? Like, what the hell am I even doing there? And I said to him after a couple hours, Hey, can I, can I just tweet about what I saw here? And his response was just beautiful. He says, you can say anything that is true, uh, anything that's true. And it's like, that really is the spirit that we need a bit more of these days. And I think one of the reasons that right now there's a chance, right? Like imagine if he did not get Twitter, even if you're not on Twitter, like imagine how much stronger the censorship machine would be right now. Yeah, we'd have Rumble. Yeah, we'd have Locals. But like Twitter is the ubiquitous app and it's becoming more ubiquitous at the moment because, you know, he's turning Twitter. He wants to turn it into the everything app, which he just basically renamed the company X and they want to do a whole sort of revamp of that. Uh, but I think we have a chance with that. So that was that was sort of a beautiful moment. My favorite moment out of February was it was the what, what was it? The seven year anniversary 
if I'm not mistaken. It was the six year anniversary of my first uh, video that I ever did for PragerU, the, the now famous or infamous why I left the left video. I subsequently did three more videos. So we thought for the anniversary of that, why don't we kind of recap my political adventure because it's mirrored so many other politi uh, people's political adventures, including guys like Elon Musk, for example. Here's a little trailer we put together on that one. So this month is the sixth year anniversary of the famous or infamous Why I Left the Left video that I did for PragerU. You may remember, it might be hard for you to remember, but you might remember that I once was a good lefty. I was a liberal, I was a Democrat, all of those nice things. And then things started to change. My side, the left was actually the ones that were acting completely illiberally. We were the ones who were silencing free speech on campus and shouting down speakers. We were focused on the collective instead of the individual. It was also talking to people that I thought were my ideological enemies, whether they were Dennis Prager or Glenn Beck or Larry Elder or Jordan Peterson or Ben Shapiro, or the list goes on, I was willing to talk to people, hear what they had to say, and then compare that to my own thoughts. I think everything that I've spent the last couple years talking about is exactly what is needed in America right now. It's imperfect, I'm imperfect, you're imperfect, but if we fight for those ideals, and if we act a little bit more bravely, and we turn back to some of those founding documents that sometimes seem old and irrelevant, I really think we can fix this thing. I'm Dave Rubin of The Rubin Report, stealing these short videos from PragerU to shoot this film. <laughs> whatever, whatever. You can check out that compilation. Why don't we link to that? Can we link to that in the description? We're gonna put that in the description right now so you can check that out a little bit later if you haven't seen it. We take all four of our videos and really tell a story over the last couple of years that I think will, will uh, well, a lot of you I think will relate to it. Uh, in March, the highlight for sure was our trip to DC where I interviewed about 18 Republicans, not one Democrat. We reached out to about 20 Democrats. The only Democrat who even responded to us was Rashida Tlaib of all people who said no, uh, but we got pretty much every Republican we wanted. The highlight of course uh, was we went to the Capitol and a whole bunch of you guys from locals joined us. I think about 60, 70 people joined us uh, and we went and we interviewed Kevin McCarthy right in front of you guys. It was, it was really great, take a look. Not a perfect nation, we strive to be a more perfect nation, but we should be more patriotic. I mean, this idea, and this is goes long answer to your short question. I will put bills on the floor. I don't even remember the question. <laughs> I just now did. I think I asked you what it's like to work in a place when people don't like you. Okay, so we had a resolution on the floor denouncing socialism, okay? This is not a college campus. This is not Berkeley. This is people elected to the U.S. House of Representatives with all the history of America, and 100 Democrats couldn't vote no. Can you believe that? So it goes back to your question. Could I believe that not one Democrat would stand up? That's an extreme position. That was a really beautiful day. We then took tours. Everybody that joined us got to take a tour of the Capitol and Kevin McCarthy, Speaker McCarthy's team was were great. They led all the tours. I jumped around with everybody. It was just really wonderful. Uh, April, the highlight was definitely this moment. I did uh, Patrick Bet David's podcast, which they've now got a live studio up in Fort Lauderdale. And they had me and Rudy Giuliani. I'm gonna see Rudy a little later today. They had us on the panel together. This was, I think, the highlight moment. Can you guys Google it? Does she have a dick? And 
the fact that I just said that in front of Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Rudy didn't know I what a meme was before this. I lived in New York City during 9-11. Like, this guy is a true hero, and I apologize for even doing that. I don't know what a meme is, but I know what a dick is. <laughs> Rudy. Rudy, don't worry. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, like, honestly, I'm almost tearing up as I'm watching that because, you know, I, I lived in New York City, as I said, during 9-11, most of my formative years and doing stand-up and struggling and being freaking broke, literally going to my roommate's co- uh, coffee jar to, in essence, steal change. But I guess I was borrowing it. Still, Mike, I owe you a couple bucks. Uh, like to take change so I get a cup of coffee, literally, when I had no money and I was sleeping on a cot in a hallway just doing stand-up at night while that guy was mayor of New York City and that then I'm up there with him as an equal, like doing these things and I'm going to do something with him later. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, what, a, what a weird, wild adventure. Uh, May was awesome. May was absolutely great. May, of course, we did our big Israel-Hungary trip. I think we've got a couple pictures of some of the highlights. So that obviously is in Jerusalem, the Western Wall right behind me, Dome of the Rock. Uh, right behind that, that's former Ambassador uh, David Friedman, who, of course, was really the, the lead of the Abraham Accords. Uh, let's see, I think we have a video from, then we went up to the north to Lebanon. This is wild. So we were right, if you did not see this, we are right on the border between Lebanon and Israel here. And we're at a, we're at a bunker here where there's guns aiming each way. And they, they just let me... <laughs> The Israelis kind of live on the edge. They let me wander in. The border between Israel and Lebanon, obviously we're on the Israeli side, uh, but right through there, we're standing in, I suppose, uh, some sort of a bunker here uh, with a little vantage point, but right through there, that black tower you're seeing there is fairly new over the last couple months. That's a Hezbollah tower where they can monitor and see what's going on here in Israel. They just shot about, I think it was 36 rockets in the last uh, two weeks or so, uh, but Mostly what I'm noticing here is that the Israelis are building a wall. It's almost complete, at least in this section. And I guess walls sometimes do work. You know, seeing that stuff like so granularly, so like right in front of your face, when you see a border and they're like, oh, whether they're good guys or bad guys or whatever, like our territory ends here. If you put up a wall, it does kind of stop people from jumping over and it does delineate between one territory and another. So they're building their wall there. And will we ever get a wall built? Will we ever take care of our border? We shall see. Uh, After Israel, we went right over to Hungary, which was fantastic. We went to Budapest and uh, the the highlight, well, there were many highlights. I I did a really, what was one of the most enjoyable talks of my entire life at the Danube Institute, uh, which you're seeing over there, which that video is up on uh, YouTube and Rumble right now. You can check that out if you want. It was a real pleasure to do that. And then totally impromptu, we happened to be next door to the prime minister's residence and they were able to set up a meeting between me and Viktor Orban. And Viktor Orban, who's, you know, in Western media is thought of as a very dangerous, scary fascist. And I meet the guy and he's like, laughing and smiling. He's like, I just like my culture and I like my people. I want to protect it. That's it. You know? And so that was, that was nice. And then, uh, then also sort of by coincidence. So that is, she's the, uh, Caitlin Novak is the president, right? She is the president of Hungary, Caitlin Novak. Uh, and this is backstage. Jordan Peterson happened to be doing a show 
in Budapest the, the day before we were leaving. We were taking like a 5 a.m. flight. So I got to do the show with Jordan, open for him, about 6,000 people. And it, anything with JP is always great. And uh, that, was, that was really fantastic. Uh, in June, now we're, we're almost caught up, people, I promise. In June, I think the highlight was I headed out to Nevada and I did an event for a couple thousand people with Governor DeSantis. This obviously is just right after he announced that he was uh, running for president. And uh, there's no audio to that video and people have tried to figure out what we were saying to each other there. Uh, but uh, he's out there now. You guys know how I feel about wanting to export Florida to America, right? Make America Florida. By the way, we have Make America Florida shirts, which we just redesigned. I had put a little green in there that people felt was making a little too much like the Italian flag. We have now redesigned them in red, white, and blue. You can find them at DaveRubin.store, the Make America Florida shirt. And then the highlight of July was, you know, I've been talking so much about how there is this incredible cross-section of people all over the political map, all over the cultural map, who are trying to come together to make some sense of the world. That's really what I was focused on this particular, this last few days, and really what I'm gonna be thinking about and churning through and trying to trying to shape, as I said yesterday, right? Uh, when I'm off the grid uh, and the conversation that I had most related to that in July was with RFK Jr. I actually retweeted it and I asked people to come up with some of your dangerous ideas and, and nobody seems to really know what they are, but that doesn't stop the New York Times. Yeah, and all of my conspiracy theories, as it turns out, have come true. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, they're no longer theories, they're, you know, they're now uh, proven hypotheses, but you know what, I, I do wonder about it. I, you know, I was thinking about this this morning, <clears throat> that I'm, because the, the, this kind of this hailstorm of negative publicity about me really kind of not... It goes beyond like hit pieces to be just this, you know, poisonous vitriol, um, and that it's coming from all the legacy media, from the Atlantic Monthly, from New York Magazine, mm -hmm. New Yorker, from the Washington Post, from the New York Times, from Vanity Fair, Daily Beast, uh, Daily Coast, Rolling Stone, and and many many others. And they all kind of use the same talking points, and uh, and they also are not accurate. You know, none of them has really written an accurate. And it, that's one of the reasons it doesn't trouble me is because it's it's just um, it's just inaccuracies. All right, so there there is a chance, guys. Again, you don't have to agree with everything RFK says. You don't have to agree with everything I say. I don't agree with everything RFK says. He doesn't agree with everything I say. But this wide swath of people from Marr and Peterson and Rogan and Vivek and RFK, this wide swath of people trying to just make some sense of this thing. It's better than the hacks and the sellouts and the liars, right? And there's an awful lot of them. And they're super powered by algorithms and corporate press and the rest of it. But like, if we can piece together that thing, it's the, it literally is the only way out. It really is. And now, Ladles and jelly spoons, let's get to a Rubin Report community Q&A. I know there's a bunch of stuff about uh, off the grid and some other political related things and, and personal things and a bunch more. Here we go. Bonnie says, you've inspired me the last few years to put down the devices. I don't go full dark, but it's nice to get away from the insanity for a while. Enjoy your time off with the family. See you on the flip side. Well, that's not even a question, but I appreciate that. And I'm thrilled to hear that. Like really, anyone watching this, when's the last time you took one day? Could you do it? Could you take one day without this thing? Can you walk out of your house? I got one for you guys in this room. When's the last time you walked out of your house without this thing for five hours? 
Daphne, you're my assistant, so you're not allowed, but anyone else, like never for Daphne. Connor, when, really, when's the last time you walked around for five hours without this thing? <laughs> when he was 12, last time. Last weekend, actually. Well, Phoenix takes Dave Rubin's advice. Last weekend you did it, like for an afternoon? Yes. Good for you, man. Brock, definitely not, you're my social media guy. The guy's got TikTok lodged. He has a phone actually like lodged in the side of his brain. Michaela, what about you? You're the youngest here, Michaela, the intern. I do it a lot, actually. I don't like having Michaela, the intern, does not have her phone on her often. Interesting, Michaela, the intern. We will have to find out more about that. But really, guys, I mean it. Like, if you can just try a little, little break, you just don't know what it'll do to you. I'm telling you, I start remembering songs. Out of nowhere, I can remember every lyric, like two weeks in, it starts. Like the first couple days are kind of weird and I'm grabbing for my phone and like there's this weird tension and then it starts, then it's like really great and then I'm remembering songs. I literally am remembering like, it'll be like, I'll be like out of nowhere, I'm like, oh, that, what about Brian from third grade who sat behind me? Like whatever happened to him? Like these, these odd things, there's so much that is buried in our brains. And if you can cl clear the clutter, you can get to some good stuff. You really can, because it's in there. I promise you. Talway says, since this is your last broadcast until the 23rd of August, what would be your advice for those in the locals community to keep our sanity until your return? Well, look, as I said, I want you guys to take some time off, but as I addressed yesterday, because of the way the algorithms work, we are gonna still put up a bunch of content. Uh, Phoenix, can you list out some of the interviews that we've done? Uh, we have a whole bunch of stuff stacked uh, that we're gonna put up in August. We also, I taped like 30 intros to things. Like if the view ladies go crazy, if Joy Reid says something nuts, if Biden croaks, like we did, we did like, it would be funny to release all those intros regardless of what happens. Uh, but we've got, we've got a whole bunch of people. Uh, I interviewed Glenn Beck, we're gonna put that up. Uh, Bjorn Lomberg, Carol Roth, uh, Larry Elder, Gad Sad, Marissa Stride from PragerU, Chris Rufo. Who's uh, who's Greg? Which Greg is that? Oh, Greg Gutfeld. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you see why I need a break, people? So we did like, just in these last couple of days, we did like 10 interviews. So you're gonna get a whole bunch of stuff. And I hope more than anything, you guys will keep communicating and keeping each other alive and, and, and attached in a certain way, but not like obsessively, ah, chewing on this thing. Dan says, who, would you, who have you lined up to interview you when you return from off the grid? We just found out this, this morning, it's a major, 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 major person, but I just don't want to say anything right now, but we will be live from Milwaukee, Rumble's building, uh, a huge set at the venue where the debates will be, live studio audience. How many people? I said a couple hundred people, right? Like, it's gonna be awesome, and, and it's a big name, I promise you, you will, you will, be, you will be pleased. Uh, Amy says, since movies have been a hot topic this week, I'm wondering if there are any movies you remember loving as a kid that you rewatched in adulthood and realized they weren't that great or the opposite, movies you hated as a kid but now like as an adult? Ooh, that's a good question. Something, something I loved as a kid that I hate now. Nothing's really, do you guys have anything? Nothing's really coming to mind. Connor, you, you usually have my references. What do you got? Like something, yeah, you know, it's, uh, that's, yeah, you're, yeah, that's like kind of ballparking what my answer was gonna be. It's funny, like now, especially because of the kids, like I don't have, we just don't have time to watch movies anymore. Like it's very rare and at the end of the day, like I'm beat, David's beat, it's like, it's a lot. So what we do is sometimes on the weekends, we just kind of put on movies and, and we're just like kind of checking in and out, but I, I make sure not to leave the kids just sitting in front of the TV. 
But like if the kids take a nap, we'll just put on something. And I just put on any crazy 80s movie and I, and I just love them. Like whether it's a Schwarzenegger or a Stallone movie or whether it's Mr. Mom or Mannequin or Weekend at Bernie's or Weekend at Bernie's 2, which is one of the worst movies of all time. But you can just watch them and they're like pleasant and you can check in and out and... Yeah, that's, that didn't really answer your question, but that that's kind of it for me. Kathy says, how are you planning to celebrate Justin's first birthday where you're off the grid? That's right, so Justin was, his due date was August 22nd. He was born on August 6th. Uh, we, there's a serious balloon situation happening and a few other surprises. We have not given the kids any kind of sugar yet. These kids are eating so well, like healthy, organic, everything. I make them eggs every morning. I'm thinking we got us like, I got to, sm- I don't know if I can tell David this, everyone keep this quiet, but maybe I can smuggle him like a little piece of a donut or something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, I'm going to do a little something. Thank God David doesn't watch this show. Uh, <laughs> Michael says, uh, Dave, you stay busy with family and work. You even find time for fans and supporters. Would you take a position within the DeSantis administration, cabinet communications? Um, I, I really don't think so. I, I don't think so. Like, my life is good. I love what we're doing here. Um, we're working on some other things related to the show. As I said, we're building a new studio, but we're working on some other live things that I think we can probably pull off in the fall and a bunch more. But I think I'm affecting things at the right level. If, we, if you just watch the 12 months that I recap, like I'm, I'm doing things that I think are matter and relevant and um, I don't want to move to DC. I mean, <laughs> do you know that I love Florida? Have you heard me say that? Like the idea of moving to DC, but I will put one little caveat in there. If DeSantis became the president and I got the call to do something, like would I say no to the, to the country for the betterment of the country if they thought I could be part of that? Um, I would try to work out something where, I don't know, maybe I could do Fridays. Like, you know, they get the press secretary, whoever that might be, maybe Christina Pouchard or whoever. And like every now and again, you know, there's always a backup. Like we see this, uh, you know, we've got cringe Jean-Pierre, but every now and again, it's somebody else. Like maybe I could be that person. I could wear those outfits that Cringe wears, those very colorful, tight-knit things, and I could get up there and make my hair all crunchy and then just say nothing. I could do that. Uh, Tony says, uh, thinking back on your previous Off the Grids, what's the most interesting or surprising thing that happened in the world while you were away? Uh, well, the Afghanistan, in terms of politics, uh, can you find, what, what, what was the date of the Afghanistan withdrawal? I think it was very early on in August, if I'm not mistaken, it was like the first week in August, maybe second week in August. So I had no idea about that for a couple of weeks. And for me to see those videos, those insane, you know, you, you all saw them, you saw them when it was happening, those crazy videos of people jumping on the planes and falling off and just watching us leave all of that stuff that we left and like the human toll and, and the, the utter embarrassment for our, our military and for the Biden administration to whitewash it like that. Like it's, it's, it's pretty rare that anything politically can kind of shock you. And we did have to wrap up Afghanistan war. Everyone, no one knew why we were there anymore. It had nothing to do with 9-11 and attack them there so they don't attack us here. Okay, but you know, what was it? 19 of the uh, planners were from Saudi Arabia or whatever. Like, yeah, that was one that shocked me. It was, the withdrawal was on August 15th. So right in the middle of the month, right in the middle of the month. Dave says, great name, Dave. Tell me you're planning at least one smoke all day while you chill out brisket. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's going to be, I actually just went to our, our Wild Fork place. I don't know, is Wild Fork, uh, is that just a Florida operation or are they all over the place? Uh, no, it used to be online now. They have yeah, so Wild Fork is a brick and mortar place where you can get, they have incredible frozen meats. They're, they're not a sponsor. Uh, I do, obviously, I do a ton with Moink and I'm always doing all my stuff, but I just went to, for bigger cuts, 
I've been going to this place, Wild Fork, where you can get these massive freaking tomahawks. I did like a 16 pound brisket for my family. So yeah, we're gonna be, I'm going to smell like smoke throughout most of August for sure. And maybe we'll let Brock post some pictures of, of meats if we can make that happen. Uh, ben says, predictions for when you come back. Will the aliens have landed? Will Joe Biden be revealed as king of the zombies? Will Gavin Newsom have declared his 2024 presidential campaign? I mean, look, any year anything can happen. This year feels, and especially because I'm so in the thick of it, like this year feels particularly insane, which is exactly why I have to go off the grid, which is also, you know, the debate. I really didn't want the debate to be in August. I just feel like, especially because of my situation with Rumble it's, and, and everything that I'm fighting for, in, with DeSantis here. Like, I just felt like I had to come back a bit early. By the way, so we're gonna come back a bit early on the, on the 23rd, and then I will dip out till after Labor Day. So I'll, I'll shut down again so that I do get the full month sort of mentally. So we will be back on September 5th. That's Monday, September 5th, right? So, because Labor Day uh, is... Tuesday. I'm sorry, it's Tuesday, September... Yeah, it's yeah. Tuesday, September 6th? Labor Day is the Monday, but I think it's the 5th that we're yeah, coming it's back. the 5th on Tuesday. The 5th on Tuesday. Thank you, guys. I have a crack team here. We will be back on Tuesday the 5th because Labor Day is Monday the 4th, right? So I didn't want to come back for one day on the 1st and bring all my guys back in. I want them to enjoy the summer as well. So we will be back on Tuesday the 5th after Labor Day. There you go. Oh, but yes, anything could happen. Like literally, could Biden this afternoon trip and then it's over? Could they figure out a way to install Gavin Newsom? Like all of the crazy things. Could three of the Republicans drop out? Could the, the aliens are here? <laughs> anything, anything could happen. Uh, Richard says, are you completely off the grid? No electronics, electricity, et cetera. Or is it that you just don't have a show for the month? So the first few years that I did it, there was no nothing. I did have electricity in my house. Like I'm not shutting down and like going to the, to the forest. Although that actually does sound kind of cool and I should probably do something like that at some point. Um, but I shut down in terms of one. So for the first few years, 100% no news, no phone, no iPad, no computer, no TV, like nothing in terms of consuming media or anything else. Yes, we had lights. We had a phone, cause like lights in our house and music, I do listen to music, are controlled by the phone. So like we had a phone that did not have Wi-Fi or no, it had Wi-Fi, I guess, but we deleted all the apps and it did not have like an actual, it wasn't connected to AT&T or anything just to op open up music and that sort of thing. Last year was a little bit different because Justin was born and obviously we had family visiting and come into town and calling and texting or whatever. So I had deleted a whole bunch of apps, but I did occasionally look at this thing. For the most part, I will have nothing to do with nothing. I will be, off, you know, in terms of media, as I said, it will be off all of that stuff. Um, with kids, it's a little more complex. Like I need to be able to be available at some level, but yeah, it's, it's the most important thing really is, is the media detox. As I said, that hamster wheel thing of just slammed with more information, more craziness, more partisanship, more, more of the stuff. And if we can remove ourselves from that, I think it is good. Uh, okay, so that's it for the questions for now. I just wanna make a couple announcements as I leave you guys. Although I said, I'm really only leaving you for an hour because we're interviewing Rudy Giuliani at Locals in an hour from now. <laughs> so a uh, couple things, this is it. Say goodbye to this backdrop. Uh, we are building the new studio in the house. Uh, the contractor, we started, we literally started this morning. The contractor was here this morning. We've, uh, walls are going up, whole bunch of stuff. Uh, it's gonna be awesome. We're, we're designing it together. We're, we're getting new equipment, better cameras, better lighting, like better audio, like the whole thing. We're doing a, a serious investment in it. And, uh, and I'm really psyched about that. 
this background, of course, was my old house in LA, uh, and we're just using a still image of it, which looks pretty damn good. And our intention originally, when we moved into this house a year and a half ago, was immediately to build a studio here. But then between the kids and just everything else we were doing and traveling, it just became impossible. So this is our opportunity to do it. I'm told it'll take about three weeks, and then we have about two weeks to get the set perfect. And I can't wait to uh, debut that for you. Uh, as I said, we have a bunch of off the grid content coming out. So stay tuned on YouTube and, Ro and uh, Rumble and Locals and all that good stuff. I, yes, I am, many of you have asked, I am still working on that tequila. The Dave Rubin tequila, it it's an it's a extremely complex thing, legally and importing tequila and all that, we're working on that. Uh, as I said, Rudy in an hour from Locals. Uh, Phoenix, do I have anything else I wanna tell the fine people? What? Oh, the cookbook, the, the <laughs> man, there's so much. The, Ru the Rubin Report Locals Community Cookbook will officially be posted on Monday. That's recipes from me and my team and you guys that are part of the community. And I wanna thank you guys for submitting that. Sorry it took so long, but we will get that up on Monday. Uh, and uh, and uh, before I go off the grid, because um, obviously I'm gonna do this thing with Rudy, but that'll be mostly about Rudy. I just once again wanna thank all of you who have been any part of any of this, uh, from the people that were with me, from way back when, when I was on the Young Turks, to the people that started when we first went independent or when we were with the Blaze, or now that we've done everything we're doing here, when we were in Cali, in Florida, when we were broke, all of the stuff, all of the stuff, um, you have enabled me to do this. So if what I do here does a little something, like the tiniest, tiniest particle of something to make the world that you live in a little bit better, then let's consider it a wash. So I do thank you. And uh, so there's no post game show today because we've got to get to locals right now because we're interviewing Rudy in about an hour. But I do leave you with a cold close. This might've been, I think this is probably the funniest thing that we did all year or just like maybe my personal, did I do drag this year? Was that this year? No. That was, that was the year before. <laughs> Phoenix like, no Dave, you did drag last year and we're never doing it again. Um, I, I think this little thing that we put together of, of Trudeau and Newsom was like one of my favorite things. And, and Connor can swear to it. We did this in one take and it was off the top of my head. One take off the top of my head. And again, I thank you guys and uh, we'll see you in September. Hey, I'm Justin Trudeau and I'm so excited to be here because I'm in California with another lizard person. He's a lizard person just like me and I'm here with him in California, which he's turned into a communist shithole, just like I'm trying to do to Canada. We're both World Economic Forum stooges, but we have really nice his suits. Look at our suits. And look at his hair. I just love him so much. Oh, look at him. Look at you. I, and I'm Gavin Newsom. Look at me. I smile when I'm talking. So people think I'm a nice guy, but actually I eat babies. Yes, I do. I love them. They're delicious and I'm always eating them. And then I use their blood as gel in my hair. It's very exciting for a guy like me. And I'm very happy to be here with Justin Trudeau, who is so evil that makes me look like a good man. Yes, isn't it true, Justin? Yes, yes, it is true. Yo, you're just so cute. I just love you so much. Think about all of the people we could lock in their homes and freeze their bank accounts. It's very exciting for both of us. I'm so happy about it. Aren't you happy about it, Gab? It's just, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, love it. Uh,
Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.